Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith, reaching for community. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah Davidson, Director of Communications and Member Integration. And it's been a while since our last episode and it's so good to be back. In February, we launched an initiative called Spotlight where we take one area of congregational life and feature it throughout the month. In February, we turn the spotlight to Karuna, UUCC's pastoral care ministry team. And while life is busy and it's now March, we're excited to share this conversation with UUCC longtime member, Linda Linton. Listen in to hear about how Karuna came to be, the meaning behind the name Karuna, and about why caregiving is spiritually important to Linda. So Linda, thanks for chatting with me right now. I'm happy to be here and to see you and to chat with you about Karuna. Well, Karuna was very close to my heart for a long time, but uh, given the number of years that have passed since it began, I uh, feel like my memory has left quite a few details behind, but I will tell you the story as best I remember. We wanted to provide a group of trained individuals who could sort of supplement Paige's ministry in terms of offering one-on-one counseling to people and support. I uh, want, as I'm explaining a little bit about the beginnings of Karuna, to avoid naming individuals. I feel like there were a lot of people who were really important to Karuna, both at the beginning and you know through the current time right. and i if i name some people i'll leave out other people so uh i'm not going to name them but they're uh, they were a wonderful committed hard-working group of people and that group changed and morphed over time started out with a small group um people rotating in rotating out coming back in and so on I think that's fair. It's always hard to capture everybody. It's almost like a game that's just not worth playing, you know? I, I totally, totally, totally agree. So how did it, how did you and all of these other people kind of work together to, to create it, to get it going? Well, it started out with a very small group. And as we kind of clarified with Paige what our role was to be, the group expanded Um, As more people found out about it, they were interested or we called on certain people that we thought might be interested. So the group had kind of a, you know, a a flexible rhythm to it at the beginning. It was uh, important that people have a certain amount of training and that we have regular contact so that we could just share ideas, share Mm -hmm. approaches, and also at times to have meetings that, uh, to to which we invited an expert. You know, if someone had been working with a a member of the congregation and felt a little like he or she needed more background, more understanding, and so on, then we did often have guests come 
and supplement, you know, our own, our own knowledge. That's really good. One thing we decided really early on was to go ahead and have a regular roster of people who would be there on a Sunday, take down all of the joys and sorrows that had been presented or spoken of in the service, and then follow up on those. So generally that involved writing a note to each person, but sometimes it involved, depending on the judgment of the person involved, a call or a visit. And uh, there was a lot of flexibility around that, but the monitoring of those things seemed very important, especially at the beginning as we were we were getting known. And um, I think that it worked well from both ends, you know, for the Karuna members who were, you know, learning a lot and for the members of the congregation that were getting calls and, and getting to know a little bit more what it was about. And having Karuna as a name, which I think that it was such an amazing um, name. And uh, I'm going to mention one person's name. Uh, Vanessa Deutschman was one of the original Karuna people. We were going to have a contest. And so the idea was, well, what are we going to name this group to distinguish it, to make it interesting and appealing? And uh, I remember her coming back one day and being so excited, saying, (laughs) I think I found the perfect name. I think I found the perfect name. So uh, she had found the word Karuna, and it's a word that means compassion or mercy. Hmm. It's, it's a tenet of Buddhism, Sikhism, and Hinduism. Hmm. And it's also known in the, I guess what they call the Abrahamic religions too. And uh, I went pretty far afield in looking some of it up, what, what the connections of the word karuna were, and found that, you know, there's an ancient church off the coast of Finland that's called a Karuna church. It's a Christian church. And in the southern part of Asia, there are all kinds of of, um, houses of worship that have the word Karuna in them. I also found cosmetics named Karuna, pharmaceutical oh companies my named Karuna. They things, got their paws on it. <laughs> things you would not in a million years expect, yeah. um, but there they were. And uh, it, it felt like the, the perfect name. It, it had such wonderful, meaningful connotations. Yeah. And so... It's like you were trying to name your band. and we all knew it was the right word as soon as we heard it but i did find a buddhist prayer called the karuna prayer and i am not going to read the whole thing but i want to read part of it because i think that it holds a lot of the key meaning of what our intention was as lay pastoral people may you shed the foolishness in myself transforming me into a conduit of love. May I be a medicine for the sick and weary, nursing their afflictions until they are cured. May I become food and drink during time of famine. May I protect the helpless and the poor. May I be a lamp for those who need your light. May I be a bed for those who need rest and guide all seekers to the other shore. May all find happiness through my actions and let no one 
suffer because of me. It chokes me up. Yeah, it's so Just perfect. kind of making all those associations. And I think that's really what we tried to be. There had been a caring committee mm-hmm. at UUCC, probably back to the days when it was UUSHC. And the caring committee had focused a lot on support of people in some of the things they needed to do, like giving them rides, um, making meals, light housekeeping for them, and so on. And that's not to say there wasn't pastoral care given along with that, but when corona came along, it, it was much more in a pastoral counseling kind of sense that it was developed and the two overlapped and actually you know the caring committee continued for a very long time i noticed recently that the corona caring committee became the new name at some point along the way i don't know when because we just always called it corona well it's interesting how those two overlap right because caring committee to me it's like practice showing up for someone and caring for them practically Versus Karuna, which is being present to someone spiritually, right? Correct. I uh, spoke with a couple people as I was preparing for this, and one of the women I spoke to um, had been affiliated with Karuna for a really long time, and I was kind of asking her about her work, and she basically did a lot of lining up, caring committee type of support services for people. So there definitely was an ebb and flow between the yeah, two. they're both important. They're both. They are, and they're both interrelated. Yeah. For for well, because we all sure. have a a spirit, right, or a soul that needs tending, but we also may need a ride to a doctor one day. You know. So. Exactly. I remember myself meeting with a woman who was homebound over a period of of a number of months, and it, it was such a pleasure to be connected with someone who felt as if she needed more company. You know, I I grew to look forward to seeing her. And uh, I'm sure many other Karuna providers over the years really established important connections with members of the congregation. And that was, you know, the underlying reason for it all. When you initially started, this is going to be like a chicken and egg question. Did the Karuna, early Karuna folks, feel like there were, you had just found kind of a lot of similar folks with this inclination towards caregiving and that's how it started? Or was it more the other side of supporting Paige? I how would, did, what's the balance there? I would say that initially Paige was the motivator okay. for starting a group and her sense, I, I can't speak for her, But my sense of what she was looking for was for a group that could could supplement the work that she did. And I think that there was a period of time for sort of sorting that out. And we certainly had Paige involved in a lot of the early meetings and um, kept her, you know, totally apprised of what was going on uh, with the group. And, you know, she was extremely helpful in supporting the group. And, in, you know, if anybody had questions, she was totally open to that. Yeah. I, I think that everybody had developed that clarity about himself or herself. I, I feel okay to handle this 
or I'm going to begin the process of, you know, supporting this person and I'm going to talk to Paige about right. it and, you know, check with her whether that's something that she feels should should be kind of more her responsibility and, and more more than, than we were prepared to handle, right. let's just say. Right, of course. I like that. I like the organicness of that, all of what you're describing, right? It, it, there wasn't a fixed, this is the agenda and we got to make it work, right? Here's the box and we got to smash everything in to fit the box. It doesn't feel like that at all. It, I think it had to be that way because we were inventing it as we went along. Right. You know, we didn't have any template. We were not, you know, visiting other organizations that perhaps had you know, lay caregivers. I'm I'm sure there were some that we could have, you know, had contact with, but we we just developed it kind of on our own. I love that. So why is caregiving important or how does it come naturally to you? I have, I've given this some thought and I have a couple of very specific instances that are, seem a little random, but I was 12 years old when my youngest sibling was born. And I remember going I would go walk home for lunch from school, and I remember going home and finding out at lunchtime that my baby sister had been born. And I went back to school, and everybody in the class thought I was totally insufferable. I could not stop talking (laughs) about my new baby sister, and I, in fact, was like her second mother. I was 12 years old. I was at an age where... This was something so new and interesting, and I loved her so much, and we are still so incredibly close. And even though I got flack from everybody I knew, I knew that this was really, really important stuff to me. So that's a really early memory for me. Linda, I have to share a quick story related to... So I have a younger sister. I'm the oldest, just one younger sister. My first memory is of looking at my baby sister's beautiful, fat little cheeks and her big, beautiful brown eyes in her crib. (laughs) That's my first memory. And I remember just staring at her and being like, you know, no, I don't even, there were no thoughts. I just remember the feeling of just, wow, this is my little sister. And she happens to have beautiful eyes and big, beautiful cheeks. (laughs) What I remember with Nancy was having a small rocking chair next to her crib and rocking her to sleep at night. And certainly not every night, but a lot of nights. Yeah. Placing her in her crib, and it was so incredibly satisfying. So that's my early on story. And then I have a much later on story, which uh, I need to give a little background about. I had worked in public libraries for decades and had worked in various branch libraries in Montgomery County, Howard County, done different jobs. And I remember one day when I was sitting in the children's room at the White Oak Library, which was one of my favorite libraries that I worked in, and having a mom come up to me and talk to me at great length about some issues she was facing with her daughter who was in elementary school. And I remember as I listened to her talk and interacted with her, it was like a light bulb went on for me. I thought, why am I working in a library when I could be doing something that's deeper work, you know? And I gave it a little bit of thought, and I was getting on in years. 
And I decided to go get my degree in social work and do counseling. And because I was almost 50 years old, my friends would say, that's like jumping off a cliff. You know, are you sure you want to do that? But I was totally yeah. sure I wanted to do that. I remember being astonished because it really seemed like it came out of the blue. Yeah. It was just this one person talking to me that just motivated me to make a huge change in my life. So I did counseling and gravitated actually toward uh, trauma counseling mm -hmm. and did that for many, many years and never for a moment regretted it because as a counselor, you are growing just as the person you're working with is learning about him or herself, learning ways of coping. I loved it. Why I didn't do it any sooner is I guess I wasn't ready to do it, <laughs> but I certainly was ready when I, when I was ready. If only we could control when those light bulb moments happen. For sure. Right? I think when it clicks when we're ready, right? Yeah, yeah. Took me a long time to get ready, but when I was ready, I was hot, to, hot to trot. I have had that feeling about other things. I think everyone has that feeling. If I had only known sooner, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but that wouldn't make sense. Right, because you wouldn't. You could only be where you were, which exactly. is the same exactly. for all of us. So the final question, and it's really unrelated to Karuna on this topic. What is one way that you're staying connected to beauty or joy in these wintry days? I, I think that's a really heavy-duty question for me. My husband died in September of 2019, and that was five, six months before the pandemic. And I had already pulled back from people during that period of mourning. And so when the pandemic was added to all of that feeling that was already there, I really became something of a hermit. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that I wasn't still in touch with beauty, because I feel for me that the arts are always my, I don't want to say safety net, but they're always front and center for me. And um, I actually wrote something hmm. uh, because I was thinking about, I had been working on my estate planning, and I thought, well, I'm going to begin to do some things relating to what I might want to say at my funeral or have said mm -hmm. at my, not say, but have said at my funeral. So uh, I just want to read this. I believe fiercely in the power of friendship in the beauty all around us, the endless opportunities to be of service to others, the wonder of music, drama, dance, and the visual arts, that's big time, mm -hmm. the ability to change and grow throughout life. And then I express my gratitude for all the wonderful people in my family and all my friends and how they've sustained me through times that for everyone have been difficult. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the things that typically sustain me, like uh, playing the piano regularly, um, doing art with a friend, I wasn't doing that stuff. Yeah. And it seems a little odd that I wasn't trying to counterbalance right. some of the darkness with some of the things I knew would bring light. But that's just how it was. 
And I'm glad, very glad, that uh, many of us are emerging from that darkness in different ways because I'm seeing it all around. Yeah. I mean, the darkness has so much to teach you, right? <laughs> exactly. Winter or darkness or whatever you want to call it can teach you. I feel like sometimes it's just a matter of keeping up with all of the learning, right? Good, tough learning, easy learning. It's all around us. Right. But we've had a lot of experience with the tough learning. Yeah, I'm sick of it, frankly. I'm ready for spring and pretty flowers and, you know, maybe falling asleep without wondering about the world and all of its mess right before I go to bed, you know? Well, and as you say, looking forward to the foliage. Yes. Yeah. Linda, thank you so much for chatting with me well, thank and for you. doing this and putting all this love and care into writing some stuff and reading that lovely poem. And Well, thank you for uh, asking. It gave me the opportunity to look back at my life and see some patterns yeah. and, and notice some things that I was not able to notice for whatever reason at the time. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to Rooted and Reaching wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm happy to report that we will be back with a new episode within the month. See you then.